Morning, everyone. Welcome to our service today. We are going to continue with our series on the Sermon on the Mount. And today is a really fun topic. We're going to look at fasting. And Jesus, in this whole Sermon on the Mount, if you've been here with us through this series, Jesus is building kind of this scaffolding, right? So in the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, we learned about these sort of inner ways that we cause violence to ourselves and the world, like anger, sexual violence, lust, righteousness, etc. And then Jesus reveals that and then sort of moves on to the way that we should treat other people, right? Like loving our enemies, praying for those who persecute us, which I talked about a couple weeks ago. And now finally Jesus shifts to the practical tools that actually help us transform our inner reality. Because this is what this is all about. It's about inner transformation. This whole series, this whole discourse on the Sermon on the Mount is about transforming. And a lot of times I'm like, well, yeah, but how do we do that, right? Like, how do we do it? I get anger isn't good. I get all this stuff isn't good. But how do I change from the inside out? Surprisingly, Jesus talks about that very specifically, and one of those ways is fasting. Now, he starts with prayer, right, which Jason talked about last week, and then he couples prayer with fasting. And so we're going to look at that today. We're going to hopefully reclaim and reconstruct what it means to fast in our context. Because if we're honest with ourselves, This is actually a kind of lost tradition in Christianity. Uh, Not many people fast as Christians anymore. Not many people understand historical relevance or why or what to even do. But fasting has a long history in our tradition. I mean, it started with Moses, the 40-day fast before he got to the Ten Commandments. You had Elijah, Ezra, Daniel, Jesus himself, before he starts his ministry, he fasts for 40 days, right? Before the devil comes and tempts him. The apostles, uh, Paul, I mean, fasting was once a very rich part of our tradition. And I think there's a reason for it. And I think if we can understand what that is today, maybe we can reclaim this in a healthy way. So, Our passage is Matthew 6, 16 through 18. So remember, Jesus has built up the Sermon on the Mount. He just got done talking about prayer. And then he says this. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So, let's start. He says, and whenever you fast, right? So, what is fasting in this context? Well, the Greek word there is neistivo, which just literally means to abstain from food. So when they're talking about fasting in the Bible, it's about 
not eating, abstaining from food, which may seem obvious, but in today's culture, when we think about fasting, sometimes we think about fasting from social media or fasting from alcohol or fasting from, you know, a whole variety of things, but it's very specifically about food. And that's important because food is a very basic need that we all have, right? And so when we take away food, when we fast, it actually enhances our experience in three tangible ways. One is the physical, two is the mind, and three is the spiritual. So we've discovered through a lot of science, a lot of research that when we fast, we actually have significant improvement in our physical realm of life, right? So like blood lipids, oxidative stress, uh, blood pressure, insulin sensitivity, all of that gets better with fasting. You may have heard of like intermittent fasting, that's a huge fad right now, right? But it's true, our body experiences a increased level of wellness when we fast from time to time. So there's that benefit. There's also the mental benefit. When you fast, you have this clarity that tends to come after a while, right? Because all those foods and those chemicals and those things you kind of put in your body, sometimes they give you this mental cloud, right? And all of a sudden you're clear and you can think differently and you have this lightness to you. Now, all of that's really important, right? But what we've lost about fasting, I think, is the spiritual, the spiritual component of fasting. And I think this is really what Jesus was after. Because think about it, I mean, who cares if the hypocrites have disfigured faces or you know, tell others that they're fasting. I mean, why is that a big deal, right? Well, because for Jesus, fasting is a sacred, religious, spiritual practice. Fasting is not just about the physical or the mental. It's about the spiritual, the change in the spirit. What happens in the spirit when you fast is very specific and unique. So I love, he starts, and whenever you fast, right? So he's already starting with this assumption that people fast, right? Whenever you fast, right? Which is different than the assumption we have of people today because most people don't fast today. That's not really a thing we do. So this was just part of their culture. But then he goes on to say, do not look dismal like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. So what was going on here? So literally people of that day, when they were fasting, sometimes they like wouldn't shave for days or they wouldn't shower the version of their shower in that day. And they would just, you know, look all disfigured and mangled up and they'd tell people they were fasting. And it was just kind of ridiculous, right? And so when Jesus says, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your father who is in secret. So put oil on your head and wash your face. That was just the normal customary thing to do in the day to get clean, right? That's like us taking a shower. So he's basically saying, just 
do your normal thing. Don't tell all these other people. Don't make it a big deal. Just go about your day while you're fasting. But again, why does that matter, right? I mean, is it really that big of a deal? Well, I think it is because if this is a sacred act, if this is in ways an act of worship, which we're going to unpack, then disfiguring your face and acting like, you know, everything's all so bad and going around and telling everyone you're fasting takes away from the actual meaning of the fast. And, you know, I really experienced this very clearly just a couple days ago. My wife took me to a spa for the first time. Never been to the spa. It was really cool. And they had this part in the spa area where you could be in this really hot, warm bath, and then you switch to a really cold, not warm, but a really cold, freezing bath. So the idea is that, you know, your body goes from hot to cold very, very quickly, and you're only supposed to stay in the cold for like 45 seconds to a minute because it's freezing. And that makes your body do all kinds of things. Kind of like fasting, how your body does all kinds of things, right? So we're in there and I'm just chilling in the cold, like very contemplative and I'm just experiencing God. And it's kind of like this sacred thing. And then all of a sudden this guy comes into the cold and he just starts going crazy. He's just like, oh man, this is so cold, everyone. (laughs) You know, he's like telling everyone else and all this stuff. And it like completely brought me out of the experience. And it was so funny because I watched him do this round after round and he'd go into the hot pool and he'd tell everyone, oh man, if you want to do it right, you got to do this intense breathing like this, you know, and he'd exaggerate how he was doing it. And he's like, you can do it for five minutes or more, I promise, it's way easier that way. People are like, oh wow, cool, you know. And I left that experience and in my mind I was like, oh, that's exactly what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about those hypocrites, right? Because I realized that, number one, that dude was actually making it harder on himself, right? The whole, like, whole breathing thing and disfiguring your face like the, you know, hypocrites are doing here. It makes it harder to focus your energy on the actual hard work of whatever it is you're doing. Like, when you're still and when you're just present with God, it's much easier Number two, it obviously distracts from the actual point of the cold bath or the fasting in that you're not really attuned to the experience itself, right? But number three, and this is what I found most interesting, is that it actually influences other people. So when other people started going in the cold, they were doing what he was doing. And, you know, they were exaggerating their breath and doing all this stuff. And I was just like, wow, that really is not necessary. So it just made me realize on a whole different level that not only for Jesus was fasting sacred and an act of worship, but he realized that when people made a whole production out of it, that they were actually influencing others to do the same, and that others were going to miss the benefit, miss the experience, the true experience. So Jesus is very serious about this, very serious about 
keeping this an act of sacred time with God. So then, what is this fasting about, right? How is fasting sacred? What makes it an act of worship? Well, I think fasting teaches us to contend with the desires that distract us from God. So what I mean by that is that if you think about, you know, Maslow's basic needs, right? One of the first ones is food and shelter, right? So fasting is very interesting because you're literally taking away that first basic need intentionally. And what happens? Well, you start reacting, right? Your stomach starts getting hungry. You start having the desire to eat. You want to end it. You want to be over with it, etc. You start to notice that all this stuff is getting stirred up and you don't know what to do about it really, right? But if you're committed to this fast for however long it is, then you have to learn how to deal with this desire. This desire to eat, this hunger that can overcome you, right? You can get hangry, which is actually a chemical thing that happens. But it teaches you, it slows you down, it enables you to deal with the most basic human need and to overcome it with God's help. And I think that's significant because I consider this practice like training, like a training ground, right? Because when you can deal with that basic human need, that basic desire, when you can learn to overcome it with God and through God, then you can start to learn how to do that with other desires in your life that aren't healthy, that may lead to violence, right? All those things Jesus was talking about earlier, anger, uh, sexual violence, righteousness, right? Fasting is a way to overcome the most basic desire we all have, which is to eat. And when we do that, we can build up our muscles, build up our strength to overcome other desires in our life that are not healthy. It teaches us to build the kind of resilience to do that. But the thing is, is that <laughs> that can get very legalistic, right? And that can become all about you and what you're doing and how you're, you know, overcoming this fasting. And again, we can forget about God. Well, that's also not what fasting is about. Fasting is not about doing it all on your own. Fasting is not about convincing God that you are so strong or impressing God, right? Or going to the extreme to show others or God how committed you are. Because God is impressed with you no matter what. God already loves you. There's nothing you can do to convince God of his love 
of her love, of its love for you. So we have to be careful not to dip into that stream as well, because fasting ultimately trains us away from all of that, from all of the need to impress others by, wow, look how good I am in this cold thing, right? Or look how good I am fasting. (laughs) It teaches us to maintain an ability to overcome our desires. It teaches us to do all of these things. And I love how Abba John the Dwarf puts it. Now, Abba John the Dwarf was a desert father. And the desert fathers know a lot about fasting. Essentially what happened was, is, you know, Constantine eventually took over and made Christianity the official religion of the empire. And after that point, fasting started to actually kind of look a little different than it did in Jesus's day. Started to become super legalistic and it started to become about impressing and, you know, doing the right thing in order to get God's favor. All these things that Jesus warns about earlier. And there was a whole movement, a whole revival of people called the Desert Fathers and Desert Mothers who literally left that society, went into the desert to experience God, to get away from all of that. And one of the main things they did, they practiced, was fasting. And so I love how, the, how he puts it here. He says, If a man goes about fasting, the enemies of his soul grow weak. If a man goes about fasting, the enemies of his soul grow weak. So again, when we think about this whole series, this whole building, this whole scaffolding of what Jesus is trying to do, fasting is one of those tools that practically helps us deal with the kind of desires, the kind of impulses, the kind of negative things in the world that makes our soul grow weak. Helps us overcome that. And that's all great, but I think there's actually a bigger reward to all of that in fasting. So if we look at this passage again, Jesus says, And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So by fasting, you know, you're not making it some big production. You're not disfiguring your face. You're just going about life as normal. You're attuned to it. It's coupled with prayer, most likely. And in that space, your father who sees in secret will reward you. What is that reward? Right? Because again, if it's not about proving to God or convincing God or impressing God or making God all of a sudden give you the thing that you want because you were so good at fasting, then what is the reward? Well, the reward is God itself. The reward is the tangible presence of God in your life. The real food becomes 
God. God becomes the real food that you're actually hungry for. Meaning all of those things, those desires, those those needs for food or whatever it is start to fade in the background and suddenly God, the presence of God can emerge so clearly. Where you realize This is all I ever wanted to begin with. That's what fasting is ultimately about. Fasting creates the space in our mind, our bodies, and our spirit to become acutely aware of God's presence, which transforms us from the inside out. That's why Jesus starts his whole ministry by fasting for 40 days. Because he has to train himself to get all of the distractions, all of the desires out of the way. And what does the devil do? He first comes and he tempts him with food. And what does Jesus say? He says, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So there's that moment where Jesus realizes and knows fully that one does not live by bread alone. We live by the connection, by the presence of God that constantly is sustaining us bringing us into the next moment. And when we can tap into that, all of those things that Jesus talks about, the anger and the sexual violence and the righteousness and loving our enemies and praying for those who persecute us, all of that becomes easier when we practice tools like this. Fasting, prayer, coupled together, Those things are the practical tools that actually change us from the inside out. And we realize that the thing we've maybe been searching for this whole time was right underneath our searching. God, God's presence fully revealed in us, through us, around us, in all things, is ultimately what we're after. And fasting can help us get there. So, I don't know, you wanna try it? You wanna (laughs) give it a shot at home or wherever you are? Well, do it then, consider it. Don't make it some legalistic thing, right? It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It could be just one day. A lot of Catholics, for instance, they fast every Wednesday and Friday just till 3 p.m. Or you could do how Daniel did. He just cut out meat and just ate vegetables. Or you could do a seven-day fast. Or you could do a 40-day fast, which honestly I wouldn't recommend because that sounds kind of (laughs) crazy. But my point is, is that if this at all spoke to you, if this encouraged you in some kind of way, give it a shot. Right? Because there's a difference between reading about fasting and talking about fasting and actually fasting. 
but we know the power of this practice because we've seen the greatest spiritual thinkers, the greatest spiritual people of the world do this on a regular basis, especially in including Jesus. Before he started everything, this is what he did. So good luck. Let us know how it goes. And maybe we'll actually organize a corporate fasting for Oceanside Sanctuary around an important date. I think that could be fun. All right, everyone. Have a beautiful week. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for our online service. I'm Jolene, and I'll be sharing a few announcements today before we head out. Um, first of all, if you're new to the Oceanside Sanctuary, we would love to know who you are. Visit OceansideSanctuary.org or scan the QR code on the screen to fill out a Connect card. Coming up on October 26th, join us for a homelessness learning lab on Zoom. Our Justice Works team is hosting a panel discussion with local experts where you can learn more about homelessness in San Diego County and how our church can help. That's at 6.30 p.m. on Zoom. Um, please RSVP at the website on the screen, bit.ly slash homelessnessosc. We also have a youth event coming up after the service on Sunday, October 24th. The youth groups from Oceanside Sanctuary and Pilgrim United Church of Christ are joining forces again for a pizza and art workshop. Please RSVP on our website by October 19th. And one more event coming up this Thursday, our monthly Bible study group call and response will meet on Zoom at 6.30 p.m. to discuss the kingdom parables. RSVP on our website to get that Zoom link and bring your questions, doubts, wonderings. It's all welcome at this group. Finally, if you feel called to give to our church, Oceanside Sanctuary is a 501c3 nonprofit and we rely on gifts and donations to support our mission. If you'd like to give, please scan the QR code on the screen or visit our website at oceansidesanctuary.org slash give. Thank you for being here to worship with us today. Have a wonderful week and see you soon. Thank you.